Hello everyone, welcome to December. Today I've got a great video for you. Um, if you haven't been, if you're new to my channel, welcome. The reason I'm sitting down is that I had hamstring surgery about 10 days ago, so my leg's in a brace. Um, I was blessed enough to go to the running event uh, this week in Austin, Texas, and I went to one seminar which was put on by Kofuza, Kenny Ko. He's one of the largest running YouTubers. He's got over 160,000 subscribers. And then there was also Tommy Runs, which, you know, I think he has close to 100,000 uh, followers on Instagram. So they're both very big experts in uh, social media and they're both in the running space. But even if you're not in the running space, I think this video will help you a lot promote, you know, building up your Instagram or whatever social media you're using, especially YouTube. And uh, so I wanna go over a few tips of my own that I've learned in the last six months that I think can help you if you're a small channel. So as of today, I just hit 2000 subscribers. I've been doing YouTube for about two years. Had very slow growth in the beginning. I think it, it took me six months to hit a couple hundred subscribers. I've learned a lot in the last six months about what I've been doing wrong, and I wanted to share a few of those with you. Um, I've been studying a lot of the big YouTubers, and some of them like uh, Mr. Beast, which is the biggest YouTuber. Um, you know, he's, get, he's getting over 10 million subscribers a month. You know, he's got over 200 million plus subscribers. But he's been doing it for like 12 years, and he explained that in the first couple of years, he got made very little traction at all. Um, I mean, he did tens of videos before he even got one view. And uh, I think we can learn a lot from him. And I can relate myself because when I first started out, I mean, not even my family members were watching my videos. I mean, with a few exceptions. And uh, nobody was taking it serious. I was serious about it. But I met a lot of friends on YouTube. You know, a lot of them are still uh, partners and friends today. We help each other. And... Uh, but one of the things I learned from Mr. Beast is um, out of all the videos he's done, because people always ask him this because he's the biggest YouTuber, um, he says it's, more, it's better to make one very good video instead of making 10 average videos. He says it will take you less time and you'll get more from it. And I think that's a really important point because I was making a lot of mediocre videos some and of course when I first started they were really poor looking back I got them now but I think that's the case for everyone I mean I mean he says every video try to improve on something whether it's your thumbnail your editing your storyline how you talk you know everything so there's always room for improvement but focus on one good video instead of 10 average videos I think that's very important and that's one thing I, I've been doing it's helping me the other thing that I've been doing is improving my SEO, search engine optimization. And YouTube in our videos lets you make a very long description. You really should use that. I've been going back, I have 300 plus videos. I've been going back and updating them. I've gone back six months already. Um, for example, I had a burpee, a burpee cross training video. Um, I, would, I would put like one sentence on there. But now I go back and I put everything I you would possibly want to know about cross-training, burpees, even the history of burpees. And you can view some of my videos and see what I mean. 
But the SEO, you can put a lot of text in the, in the description of your video. You should do that. And you were thinking, well, that takes a lot of time. Well, if you're making very similar videos, you can copy and paste it to the next one. The second tip is the tags. When I first started doing my videos, I was putting a few tags in the description. That does work, but it's not the best way to do it. And I've been updating my videos now. I learned from others. YouTube has a, a box section where you can add tags. And as you type in there, it will suggest tags to you that other people have used. You should use that. And one very important thing is you get 500 characters. So that's a lot of words and or even sentences. Like, uh, let's say, we'll, let's talk about burpees for, for a second. I, I would put... Uh, uh, best way to uh, build upper body strength, uh, build big biceps, build big triceps. I was using these as keywords. Um, you want to fill that up until you get to the 500 number. Every time you add a word in there, it subtracts from 500. You want to get as close to 500 words and 500 characters in there as possible and then save it. That's a, it's a, it really helps your video a lot. And I've been updating mine. Uh, for example, I have a short right now. It's how to climb stairs with crutches. I'm still, I mean, I posted it three or four days ago. I'm still getting about 30, 40 views an hour. And it's focusing on how to help somebody, how to, how to do something. That's also important. If your video is focused on teaching something, someone, something, someone, like I had a previous video, how to catch a football. That one did very well. How to climb stairs with crutches. And in the tags, I put every possible keyword about using crutches in there. So, and I've noticed that a lot of my, um, I mean, a lot of my viewers are coming from the shorts board, but a lot of them are also coming from YouTube search. So people are searching things about crutches and it's automatically taking them to my video. So I think that's very important. Um, so those are my tips. So now let's go to the conference at the, the running event. And the, the speakers are... Kenny Ko, which goes by Kofuza on uh, YouTube, and also Tommy Runs, which is big on Instagram. And I think you, I think you will learn a lot. They start off by talking about what store, retail stores can do to improve their social presence, and then towards the end of the presentation, they go into detail on using how, how to use CapCut, how to edit right, how to make things have more pop, and uh, make your video do better. So I hope it's help, helpful for you. Uh, Enjoy. I'm Kofuzi. I'm a non-elite runner who reviews shoes on YouTube. Uh, and with me today, I have uh, two very great, uh, insightful minds on the same subject. We got Tommy Runs, who is the host of the Run, Eat, Sleep show, and uh, one of the members of the PR Project. See uh, Gary in here as well. Uh, PR Project are going to be the guys who are giving us the live stream from the running event this year, uh, which is going to be super exciting. So. Uh, these guys have a lot of great insights. And then we also have Kara Cross, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Gazelle Sports, uh, who has worked with Tommy quite a bit, and I thought bringing her in would be really important to get some of the retail uh, perspective in terms of how they're using social media so successfully. All right, so basically to kind of set the table and some expectations for you guys, or maybe to dampen the expectations a little bit. Uh, I wanna say that this session is for primarily running retail. Uh, especially if you're the running retailer who's been out there thinking like, I know I need to do this, but it seems complicated or I don't like it or I don't want to do it. And you're, it's always kind of been a little bit of a black box. 
Hopefully this will demystify some of it for you and show you that this is something that you can uh, tackle on your own. Uh, you may not want to tackle it on your own because it isn't, I, I understand that it isn't just something that you can easily just add on to your already busy work schedules, but hopefully we can demystify it a little bit so you can understand and get a better grasp of what we're talking about. Uh, but also if you're a run club leader or just generally looking to your, improve your reach on social media in the running space, I think that you'll be able to glean some of the techniques that we're using that we can work together as retailers, like influencers or community leaders, and also brands kind of like as a, a triangle or a three person team uh, that we can help improve running experience for uh, a lot of uh, the people that we are trying to reach. All right, um, who are we? I'm a YouTuber. I've been doing this full time now for about three years. Um, and uh, that's where I primarily live, although I, you might also see me uh, on Instagram as well, and those are my two uh, main social media platforms. I'm in some of the other ones, but uh, there's a lot of them that I don't particularly uh, spend a lot of time on, so I'm kind of like focusing in on those. And uh, Tommy is in Instagram primarily, um, but uh, he's also in the podcast space as well, doing a lot of uh, interviews. Uh, pro athletes and other running uh, celebrities, and then Kara is at Gazelle. All right, so the agenda that we're gonna go over for today, uh, we're gonna talk to you guys about number one, and the, I think this is gonna be the big thing that I wanna get across to the running retailer who is not sure about how do you introduce some more of this stuff or where do you find the stuff to talk about, is that the share-worthy events are already happening in your store. Uh, you just need to find a way to share those events with the rest of the world and then you can create it with just your phone. And so at least when you're getting started out, you don't necessarily have to invest in a whole person or team of people that are going to be putting content together. Um, this is stuff that you can share about the stuff that's already happening with the tools that you already have. And then we're gonna talk how do you again create that reach, working with brands, working with local community um, to help extend the reach of those things that you're already doing. Uh, and so the main retailer we're gonna be talking about today is Gazelle Sports. Uh, and um, for that, I wanted to look primarily and kind of like dissect a little bit what's going on on their Instagram page. They've got 9,210 followers, at least at the time that I took this screenshot, and they're doing a fantastic job. And um, I wanna talk about some of, some screenshots that I pulled from their Instagram account, talk about how these are things that are happening in your stores that you could easily just start talking about right away. These are not something that you have to coordinate, do a lot of planning for, um, this is already happening. So the first thing is, um, this is a screenshot from what was a video, and then uh, what it is is Ethan, the bearded e-commerce manager, uh, talking about super shoots. So that might be something that's gonna be super interesting to some of your potential customers or the people that you wanna reach with your social media, talking about a specific type of product it might be a transition of a season, and so maybe you have a sale or you have new kinds of products that are gonna be relevant that you wanna talk about. And so you might have a stage product shot that you can use, that becomes the post that you put up and you can talk about one for one that you have these things in your store and reminding them that this is a good, great place to get it. And you might even be able to get it at a discount. Uh, and here's another photo that I really liked. It's just a photo from a work gathering, a couple of stores, um, and then we're going out for bowling. I really think that this is important because it's one of those things that helps demystify the running store for those people who might be afraid to go to a running retail. That this is just a group of people. They're normal people just like us. They like bowling too. Um, and so like, it just helps personalize your, your stores and your brand. 
And then there's other things like, you know, whenever there's back to school type of time and you're looking for shoes for the kids or maybe it's time for the kids cross country season. Again, reminding customers that like, hey, we do carry kid sizes too. Um, and then this is one that I like and I think that running retail, most running retail underutilizes is that you guys have the shoes. You guys have the things that runners are interested in looking at. And so whether you're announcing a sale or whether it's a new shoe that's been released, you can talk about, look at how many we have. We can tell you about them. We've got them in store. You can try them on. That shoe that you've already seen a bunch of reels and stories about, you can come in and put them on feet and, and check them out for yourself. So that's something that you can do as well. Um, and then another thing that I like what that they're doing is they're leveraging kind of like media content that the brands are sending. So here's one um, from Seish, where uh, Alice, Alice and Felix's brand, when they're talking about how they're gonna start carrying this product. So again, the thing that those runners have already been thinking about and interested in trying out and curious about, you can now try it out at store and they didn't have to go make a post about this. They didn't have to go film anything, hire a photographer, videographer, or anything. This was content that they had received and they were able to put that up and create an their own post uh, about that to tell the audience. And then here's one, a photo of the brand, of the, um, of the retailer working with local run community. In this case, uh, we run three, run three, and Playmakers Fit for a shoe giveaway in downtown Detroit. So not only are you doing the work of being involved in the community, but you're also conveying that as well. You got a really nice group of folks uh, in there too. And so uh, that's another thing that these are all things that you guys are probably doing. Um, and you can just, a lot of these things are just a simple photo, a caption telling people what you're doing and letting them know that these are the things that happen at our store. And so you're getting constant um, touches with the audience, letting them know like, oh, okay, I've been hearing about the store. Maybe it's been through ads on websites, maybe it's through social media, but many of those touches combined together is what makes people feel kind of like a warmer feeling towards the running store or the running brand. So those are some of the things that I think are already happening um, at the store that you guys can already talk about. So now you have the events, how do you show them to the rest of the world? And I think that one of the things you can do is the most easy tool that you have is the one that you already have in your pocket, and that's your phone. A lot of you guys probably got this email earlier this month about the RIDC community run at the running event. It's gonna be on, what day is it today? Today? Tuesday, so that's tomorrow. Um, so one of the things that I thought was particularly interesting about this email is when you scroll down, there's a photo of Jared Ward and that's me. Tommy <laughs> runs, and he's running with his phone and capturing content from the event. And so it's that thing that he always has with him on all his runs anyway, uh, and that's Tommy's primary tool of choice. So not all people on social media only use their phones, but a lot of people do, and you can make really great content with that. So that's the main example um, that I wanna talk about. Because to get started, an iPhone or an Android phone, if you're uh, in the green bubble, um, has everything that you need to get started because it has a really good camera on it already. And for a lot of people, that's as far as they ever need to go. Um, and Tommy's a really great example of that. Um, just a couple of quick notes, uh, in case you guys aren't aware of it. There's cameras on the front and the back of the, all of our phones. Um, the rear ones are usually a better quality than the front, and uh, they usually tend to have a little bit less grime on them too, for some reason. And so I always kind of suggest that people use those. 
And at least on the iPhone, I'm thinking that's probably also works on a lot of Android apps as well. Um, you turn around, especially if you're taking a selfie, you can always turn around the camera to look at yourself because it's better. And then you use the volume buttons to, to take the photo. And so you don't have to worry about like, how do I push the digital button on the back side of it? So that's just like a quick little thing that you can do um, as you're taking your photos and documenting those things that you're doing at the store, whether in selfie mode or not. So one of the other things that I recommend for people to do is photos are really quick to take. So just take them, uh, do it once in portrait mode, and then flip the camera over and do it in landscape mode, just because it gives you more options to work with later. Uh, and one of the things I think Tony's gonna talk about is just having a lot of content to work with makes it a lot easier for you later on in terms of picking the different things that you can uh, choose from. Um, and so like, this is just an example of kind of what those different angles might be and where certain angles might be better than others. You look so happy that I know that. <laughs> this was a really fun event. We did at Fleet Feet. Uh, we did a little bit of a meet and greet before the Chicago Marathon. Uh, and I was happy for that all these people came to see me and say hi and, and grab some selfies. Um, and so uh, before the line started, I made sure to get a quick selfie of everybody. And I did take it two times just to make sure, like I'm not sure what the camera's seeing. And, didn't have a lot of time to like sit and look at the pictures. I wanted to hurry up and start meeting people. And so it's just a way to really quickly do it and then kind of put the phone back in the pocket so that way I still get to participate in the event while also photographing it. Now, Tommy says that he only takes photos in the portrait mode, is that right? That's correct. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you can only take one, I would say choose the portrait. Because one of the things that you can do is then you can always just like zoom in and, and crop in on it later. Um, it's harder to do that to go from landscape to portrait the other way. Um, so if you're only going to do it one, do it Tommy's way. I mean, for, for me, the reason why I only do portrait for the most part is because my main thing is Instagram. Um, if you are going to be posting something to YouTube or something like that, then you have to consider more uh, options and maybe even Facebook. I haven't been on there in a while. Um, but portrait normally for me for Instagram is like the way to go. So that's why I always go with that. That makes sense. Um, and the other thing I would say is your, your phones have a lot of different cameras on the back and they have different angles that are available to them. And that can also kind of help you tell your story and help you show people what it is that you exactly want them to see. So this is from a trip that I took uh, running in the Dolomites with Adidas eyewear earlier this year. And the camera is the same distance in both of these photos. It's just an arm's length away. One is using the 1X camera, and then one is using the, uh, the wide angle lens camera. And so if you want more face, then you go with the 1X. But if you want more of the scenery in the background that's around you, you go with something that can be a little bit wider. And so you get a couple of different perspectives. And this is all with the same camera. And then the way Tommy can also use it, is using the, the, the 0.5x, gives you more of background, it gives you more of the other things that are going on. So if you want to show the shoe with other things that are in this scene, then that's a great way to do it. But if you want to get more of a kind of classic product shot, then you can just use the regular 1x or even the 2x camera that you have on your phone if you have the 2x available to you. And then you can get a little bit closer in there. So the different camera angles help you tell different kinds of stories. And those are just subtle things that you can do, kind of basically standing in the same place and get two different kinds of shots. 
But in terms of where to put them, I think that photos work really well on Instagram and on threads. Those are two really great places that I'm at a lot and where I feel like static photographs work. And if you're just starting, I would say starting out with just photographs is a really great place. But of course, we also do have a lot of video that's in the world. And I think, again, Instagram is a really good place for that. I don't think Threads is as good a place for video, or Twitter, if you're still using that, is as good a place, just because of the nature of the way that people interact with those apps. And the main reason I bring that up is because I think that when you're making content, some of the things that you want to talk about or think about is kind of like, what's the, the culture of each space? And you kind of tailor the kinds of the content that you're making there differently. And the type of video or photograph that you're using can really make a difference depending on whether you're Instagram or YouTube. And like Tommy talked about, having uh, landscape video or vertical content can make a difference depending on which app that you're using. Now we get to the video. When I take videos for social media and I'm just using my phone, there's kind of two different places on the phone that I'm focusing on. One is the regular video button, and one is the slow-mo button. I take a lot of action shots when I'm filming things. I think in the running retail, you probably don't need the slow motion button as much, um, so the regular video is gonna be really great for that. Uh, and one thing that I might do is just check your settings just to make sure you're getting the best quality video for each of these different kinds of video. For slow-mo, I, I like to do the 120 frames per second, and then it lets you get it nice and slow, and I think we've all kind of experimented and played around with that. Um, and then for the regular video, I like the 4K, you get much better resolution, and you can go up to 60 frames per second on most phones these days, and I feel like that's also really nice for this motion. Now the next thing I'm gonna do uh, before I throw it over to Tommy is show you a reel that he made using just his phone um, over the New York City Marathon weekend. Um, and. Uh, he put together this reel encapsulating kind of his entire experience. Um, and so uh, there is music that goes underneath this, uh, but I'll just start playing it and let Tommy kind of explain to you what he's doing, how he's capturing some of these things, and kind of narrate the experience that you're seeing uh, as the video plays. I'm a terrible narrator, so you want me to do it while it's playing? Well, you don't have to like try to explain really fast everything. Because they're quick clips. Yeah, they're very quick clips. <laughs> and we can play it multiple times. But just give everyone a sense of like, what's your mindset going through this as you're making these? Uh, and what are you trying to convey in some, some of the uh, I'm just gonna let it play one time. Okay, we can I'm getting nervous. We can let, we can Maybe I should talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what? One thing that I try, I try my best to do uh, throughout a weekend or throughout an experience at an event is catch as much content as I possibly can that is like from my eyes, so that when people watch any of my content, they can almost feel like they're there or that they could be there. Um, so. It, it seems challenging when you look back at it and say, like, how did you get so much content all for one weekend and keep it all together? Uh, it's really about just like trying to play and relive the experience as you saw it through your eyes. So just a couple of people in this video are, are here, so they're my friends, so I catch their, their reactions to things. I catch little, little moments when I run into Kafuzi or, or Aaron or whoever's there. Um, and it's really things that we can all do is we all have these moments like this weekend or this week, I feel like it's Friday, but 
um, this week, you're going to run into so many different people, so you might as well catch a little, um, see, I have no shirt on there. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to see people that you're excited to see, and you want to have, you know, have some smiles and things. So it's, it's really a good opportunity to catch uh, a, a fun event and share it with your audience and then just catch little pieces of it. So that's the end of it. So now I can stop. I was getting nervous as it was going faster. Um, but so what I try to do, and I don't know how far you want me to go into depth in it, but what I try to do is um, typically if I go to an event that's like a two-day event, I'll try to get as much content throughout the day that I feel like is a good moment. And that could only be maybe five to six seconds. So you're not, you're not like missing out. Like one of the bigger things is like if you're sitting there holding your phone for this whole conference, you're not going to be able to like really enjoy TRE to the fullest. So it's like those little moments when you're walking up to this amazing uh, expo, you just catch a quick video. If you're walking up to the, the TRE live stream that we're gonna have, you catch a quick video for maybe five seconds and then turn the camera off and go back to your normal, like your viewing experience. And as you're doing that, you're gonna kind of remember those moments. So it's easier for you to go back and say like, okay, I remember when I saw, when I saw Kara from Gazelle. Um, I wanna make sure I include that in my video. Um, the cool thing about like having uh, I don't I don't own a run retail shop, but the cool thing is you you're you're creating community or you have a community already. So it's like a lot of us don't get to go to the New York City Marathon or to TRE or to wherever all these places that we're all blessed to get to go to. So it's like it's almost one of those moments where you try your best to capture things that would make other people that are going to be coming to your store feel like they also experience and then feel like, hey, that, you know, Gazelle's doing really great things or whoever's doing really great things in the running community, I wanna be a part of whatever they're doing. So um, so that's what I try to do throughout a weekend is I capture a bunch of content and we'll talk about like how to slice that down into like bite-sized pieces. Um, and it looks like, I mean, obviously I'm using like one second of each video that I have. Um, but then there's other reels that I made after this from the same couple of days that's much more in depth on a single moment. So it's it, it may it may stand out a, to be a video that someone can watch more often because this is like a minute and like 30 seconds or something like that. But you know, like not every video should obviously be a minute and 30 seconds for Instagram. But um, you can easily find some of these moments that were 15 seconds and let it play to share with your audience what you want them to kind of see from your experience. Yeah, and I think that what Tommy does a really great job of throughout in, in this reel is showing not only is he excited to see his friends that he's reuniting with at New York City Marathon, and we're all realizing that these bigger marathons are not just about the racing, they're about like the people that you get to see sometimes only at races, uh, and so kind of reuniting with those people, but also you're getting a sense of scale for like how big is this event, how many people are there, um, and like, what is the what does the room feel like? So you're capturing a lot of those different emotions uh, with that footage at the end. And then from like a, the social media standpoint on like how to try to grow an audience or get more like views on a reel. Um, there's so many different moments where you run into people. Like every time I see Mike or Fuzzy, I purposely pull my camera out and try to film him because if I can tag him in a video, someone's gonna look at it because he's famous, right? Um, so it's like, it's those moments, but then you also have that in your store and in, at some of the events that you have with shoes that people wanna see. So don't waste those opportunities if there's someone that's a local celebrity or a local run influencer or something, make sure you like include them in your content um, as long as they're okay with it. But obviously the shoes don't, uh, they're not sentient beings yet. So catch the shoes if you, if you can and make sure that you include those in your, in your content.
Yeah, and then I think that what we can now do, having kind of seen what Tommy's putting together, let's take a step back and kind of dissect how he's making all those things. And again, these were, I think in this video, there was a couple of shots that other people shot of you in the race, but most of these are just shots that you're taking from your phone. Yes. And I think like kind of like the main category is like the, the point of view. And so Tommy's, as he's going around, kind of just like in that photo that he got snapped of himself at the, for the uh, RIDC run last year, he's got his phone out and you're seeing on, on the screen kind of like what Tommy would see from his eyes and he's holding the phone kind of right here, chest level, is that it for most of it? I mean, sometimes I get crazy, yeah, yeah. Um, so who, who in here is, is shooting content this weekend for your social medias? Keep your hand, or keep your hands up. Who's using a phone to do it? Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so like it's 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 kind of like however whatever moment like this the one where the ladies handed me the talent badge I was a talent thank you. Um, she uh, I actually had her hand that back to me like I gave it back to her and said can you please hand it to me again and recorded it. I mean it seems pretty stupid but it was a moment that like I number one want to remember but then also I want to share with other people. So it's like you can I'm really mad I don't have my phone right now I can be shooting this. Um, but like it's just moments that you want to remember that you feel like these stand out so if they stand out to you they will stand out to others if you're sharing this experience so this weekend just kind of like just keep your phone nearby don't miss out on really cool moments that that um, that either you may not even share you just may want to have for your own personal purposes but um, those are also moments that can be easily shared that other people will want to see especially if it means something to you or your store um, because, I mean, obviously it seems like some, something that matters to me maybe won't matter to other people, but trust me, it does. The more you share of like, what's special about how you see the world and how your store sees the world or the running industry, that's the, those are the things you want to catch and share because those are the things that other people will feel and want to be a part of. Yeah, and I think, Tommy, to, to kind of like add to that, um, oh, thank I think there's, there's, wow. there's, there's things like, you know, Tommy, in this reel that we watched. Hold on, ask them a phone. Can you guys wave? There we go. You've now been on the reel. Um, I think that things like <laughs> Oh, no. I can't tag you, but I love you. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, but, like, things like the hugs. Like, you might not know Erica Stanley, but clearly Tommy's excited to see her. And what translates in the video is the excitement at meeting a friend someone that you remember and someone you're excited to see again. And so even if maybe the, the, the talent badge thing is not something that maybe happens a lot in, inside running retail space, but reconnecting with friends, seeing runners, seeing other runners, I feel like that's something that's gonna translate well. And that's something that people might be looking for in terms of like, do I wanna go hang out with these people? Do I wanna check out that store or not? And that's so true, I mean, cause like most, uh, most run, st run stores have events in the store. So it's, a lot of people come in like kind of excited. They're like smiling and happy. Like you might as well catch those moments. So if you know 20 people walk in the door smiling, you're able to share a bunch of those in a reel if someone, you know, you, you want to create that FOMO, you know, it's like, yo, like that event looked great and everybody was smiling and I hadn't smiled in a week, you know, I want to be there. So you, 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 you just share that energy and then people decide like, hey, like I don't want to miss the next event at this store. And then I think some other kinds of shots that are interesting to point out that I think you guys can easily start using as well. Uh, are things that Tommy used really well in this video. So like one is like the action shot and that's that third photo. 
um, you could see someone else running while holding a camera. The phones are doing a great job at stabilizing video these days. There's even those great iPhone commercials of the mom like chasing her son down the race uh, and how stabilized the footage can be. So it's a lot better than it would have been even just a handful of years ago. Yeah, who, who, who has the uh, iPhone 14 in a I'm sorry for the end, I don't know what you guys do. Um, the 14 and above. So who uses the stabilizer function? Okay, so if you open your, if you go to your, your iPhone 14 and above, you go to the video, there's like a little guy running up top and you touch him. Um, and when, he, when he's yellow, the stabilizer is on. So you can literally run with someone um, and it's, it's gonna record looking crazy. You, you're, you're thinking you're probably not gonna get a good shot and it's beautiful. Like this video that I have, and that's actually Ricky Rock from St. Louis. Um, the video of him running, if you hit play, it, it, it's like smooth as, as butter. And then, so that's one that I think, as you're going on that group run, if you're having that weekly run or bi-weekly run that leaves from your store, someone that's either in the group or if you're running with a group as well, you can always just grab a quick clip of everyone running together and it shows a little bit of that action uh, and brings that event to life. Uh, but I think another important one is kind of like in terms of angles is the selfie shot. So turn that camera around on yourself. Uh, Tommy ended his video with a little bit of narration. And I think that's usually a really great way to kind of like sum up an event is to kind of like give some thoughts on it. So that way it's not just a random collection of clips, but then there's maybe there's some talking to it if you're comfortable talking to the camera. You don't have to. And I think that's a good way to start a video too, like to catch people like right when they open the video so they can continue watching, like if it's a selfie or in selfie mode of you saying what's happening, like we're about to get a group running and we're coming run six miles in there or whatever. Um, that's a good way to start off and then kind of close out a video with that like personal touch. And even and you may be at a, as a run specialty store, like I, it's not about the person holding the camera, but it really is though. I mean, cause that's, I mean, other than the fact that the shoes are in the store, uh, people frequent a store because of the people that work there, so you might as well show yourself in them too. Yeah, and that also helps familiarize your potential customer base, people that might be intimidated by going to a running specialty store. Uh, like, oh, these are the faces that I've seen on the internet already a couple of times, and so it helps kind of like demystify that process for the consumer. Yeah, and then I like the last, you didn't mention it, but that set shot, I like that. I like doing that a lot because it seems pretentious to like set a phone down and walk away and then pretend to have a conversation and then go back to the camera and get it. But those are those moments where like it's people, people get to feel like they're watching something happen um, and it really kind of breaks up. Uh, if you have a video with a bunch of different clips and there's one that's like farther away that looks like maybe someone else shot and you don't have someone or, you know, on payroll to do those for you, just set the phone up. Make sure you got the right angle. Don't waste your time. I've made a whole two minute video and I was out of frame. So don't do that. Try your best to figure out that part of it because that gets complicated. But do those because it, it's like, it's just a fun, different way to make your content stand out from others. Yeah, and you, you could get a tripod with like an iPhone holder in it if you want to get that set shot. But a lot of times you could just kind of like lean up your phone against something, hit the record button and then walk away from it. Uh, and then the, the phone takes care of the rest of itself too. So like those set shots, you can get really creative in terms of like, what can you lean this up against? For me, when I'm running a lot of times, like I might like find some rocks on the side of the road and kind of like make a little pile and lean the phone up against it. Or if there's a mailbox post, like those are pretty convenient from when I'm out on the road and on the run. But in, in, in a running store, there's lots of different like ledges, things that you can use at a variety of different heights to create some different interesting shots. 
so that you can set that sh shot up and um, have uh, a view of that conversation. So maybe it is like an example of uh, one of your associates explaining shoes or bringing shoes out to a potential customer. So that's one of those things that you can kind of film. All right, now I'm gonna have Tommy go over like the tool that he uses, probably the, one of the more important apps that's on your phone, uh, and it's free. <coughs> Yeah. Yes, it is free. I uh, I paid for it because I, I tend to do that for some reason. I don't even know why I paid for it now that you said it's free. Um, so who who uses CapCut? Um, if you don't use CapCut, what do you use? Somebody. Reels. Okay. Yeah. So um, they're in. So yeah, reels are reels are a really, really great option if you if you have a video and and you, it's just a few different parts to it. Reels can be very, um, you know, the, the in the Instagram editor is pretty cool. Uh, but CapCut does a, is just much more user friendly if you have multiple, uh, like a lot of videos like that, like the, the uh, New York video. I think when I put all the content into CapCut, I think it was 20 something minutes of, of random videos that I went through and sl you know, sliced them up because I remembered the moment so it was easy to kind of go back and pick those spots. Um, but so CapCut is is really cool because you can just it's it obviously uploads everything that's in your your photo gallery. You go through and pick which moments and videos that you wanted to want to take from, um, and then at the bottom in that second vid, uh, one two three third um, picture, there's it's it's they make it very easy and user friendly to slide and edit those uh, little clips to you know 0.7 seconds or even sh even quicker than that if you want to do like a video some of these like new viral videos where they're like there's like 20 pictures in like one second um you can really do that with with CapCut as a in in instagram it's a little harder to do that uh so CapCut's a really fun way to, to uh, kind of play with the content a bit and there's so many different options if you look at the bottom of that one that says trim video there's so many different techniques and things that you can add in text if you want to have text over your videos um, instagram has like maybe i think six or seven fonts that you can use CapCut has i haven't even scrolled past the first screen of it so like there's just so many different options for font on your videos um one thing that you want to make sure if you're using CapCut for the first time um make sure you delete the thing that says CapCut at the end um if you watch a really great video and then it says it has like a little cap cut pop up at the end you're ruined forever. Um, and uh, and then it's really note to self though they export once you once you save it and export it to your back to your phone. Um, CapCut holds all these uh, videos, so if you ever needed to go back and and splice it down, and if you if you're doing work with a brand and the brand wants the um, they want the the like the raw footage or the raw video that you've already edited. You can't do that out of Instagram. Um, you can like screen record the Instagram video, but it's just obviously not gonna be of the same quality. So that's why I actually went to start using CapCut because I wanted to be able to send them and share them with other people to, if they needed to do something or I was getting, you know, uh, working with Gazelle, they, they want the video as, so they can post it. Um, CapCut allows you to do that when, you know, Instagram, you, you really can't because you just can't. Um, but yeah, CapCut's a really great tool and I saw a couple of hands up. Do you want to do that now, really quick, while it's yeah. fresh? Yeah. Okay.
Um, well, from a from a um, so I think the question was, can you edit? Can you add the music or sounds um, in in CapCut instead of doing it in Instagram? So for me, since I'm not a business, I can use any sound or audio that I want to. Um, and if you're if you're uh, have a business account, a professional, uh, yeah, no, a business account, you can't use uh, just like can't use a Drake song or something. Um, you can add all, music in all types of sounds in CapCut. They're just not going to be you know copyright stuff. Um, there's actually a, a section where you can go through. To, there's a point that was uncopyrighted music, and you can just go through all those. They're not as like fun as like Michael Jackson or something like that, but you know, it's it's an option if you if that's your that's your only choice. extensive like libraries of, of sounds or songs to use from from CapCut, but it's still not going to be like the, some of the, the some of that viral um, or the 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 audio uh, the user generated audios. Um, and that's one, one thing too. Like as a store, you, you can't use or as a business, you can't use um, copywritten music, but you can use the sounds that other people are creating in Instagram. Like so, there's there there is music there that like someone has edited themselves and they own, but they post it on Instagram, and it's un it's it's not backed by like a music house. So you can use some of the sounds that other creators are using, um, that are much actually probably would do better than some of the sounds or, or or music that is from a direct artist. So you can just scroll through like that reels part of your of Instagram and just find things that you like that aren't necessarily songs, but they're audios that fit the, the energy that you're trying to create with that reel, save that audio, and then uh, edit in CapCut, and then just use that sound over that. And one thing I started doing lately that, um, that I think is really fun for me, I guess I'm not really sure if anybody else likes it or not, but I, I like to use my original audio. I like, like to let it play through a bit. Like so, in that in that New York video, if you if you're listening on your phone, you can hear some of the laughs and smiles and, cry, and like the crowd from like from New York City, Maryland. You really feel the energy, but it's just not dead noise at moments, and you just don't hear the transitions as much because there's music playing as well. So you can have fun and figure it out. You don't have to just mute out all the like the love and energy that you received like you know while you're you know at your store like you kind of want to hear people say like hey john you know that type of thing i don't know why i did that but <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we're we're starting to run late, late on time and i want to make sure we Sorry. get to the last section it's not your fault honey. Um, but basically the the point that i want to make on this slide is that like don't overcomplicate the filming of it um you basically want to get the beginning kind of the start of the middle and get something at the end and then edit it chronologically for most of the stuff that you make for most of the stuff that i make for most of the stuff that tommy makes like chronologically is great but you just got to make sure you're getting that content from a couple of different key points throughout the event or the day uh, to make sure that you have something to kind of put into that format a little bit later 
right, and this is the main part that I wanted to close out today with is, um, you know, you're, you're making your running store a community hub, it already is one, and, and so let's establish it as that place in social media, uh, whether that's working with brands or running clubs or community leaders and, and running influencers. And so I'm gonna have Tommy kind of go through a couple of events that he did uh, with Gazelle Sports, and then we'll have Kara kind of give, some comment, give us some commentary as well on from the retail side of it, what the benefits are for, for them and why they think it's beneficial. Tom? Okay, so this this event um, <coughs> in this event was the spring marathon uh, kickoff party. Um, everybody was uh, had already kind of raced. It was like the perfect time where most people had raced some of their big races, and it was like a time to 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 come. Oh, this is actually the wrong one. I did one of those too, but this is the spring training plan like kickoff. So it's like hey. Um, we're all excited. Here's some. Here's some. A chance for a running store to have some people in the shop, and then collab with a brand to to kind of show off what they what they have to offer. And this is I'm gonna, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this with a mic, man. This is the big ass long run. Um, the, the concept of this was to to host an event that got all the run clubs in the area together. Um, and the first time, I think this is the first one we did, we got, I think, 80-something people showed up to this run to run six-plus miles uh, all together. Gazelle obviously um, partnered with me on that. And it was just a really beautiful event and a good way to, for people to come together and then have the, um, and the cool thing that, that CARE allowed hap to have happen was it didn't need to be from the store. We met at a park. It was like kind of a central point in, in near the city, and everybody came to it, and Gazelle pulled up and had a table. And this was to celebrate your finish line. So it, if whatever race you ran, bring your medal, have some fun, um, come to Gazelle, hang out, let's talk. And we did a panel discussion about community and about how to keep building and how to keep going after our goals together. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about that first one that was the uh, the, the marathon plan, we, we did this after hours um, in the store. We had beverages and food. And I thought that was super important because a lot of the run stores, the, the main go-to is to do a shakeout run or like a, a group run or a demo run, which is really great. People love it. But sometimes I feel like that energy needs to be a little different. It needs to be for them or for the people coming to the shop. It doesn't need to always feel like, hey, try this shoe on and please buy right away. It's like, hey, we support you. We love you. Um, come hang out if you just happen to want to be in the store, which people did buy shoes anyway. Uh, but if you you know, just come and hang out. And thankfully, people from Gazelle stayed after hours. We had a really great time. And it makes the community feel like they're seeing and, and as opposed to they're seen to be sold to. Now, Kara, like from the Gazelle sports side, can you, I guess in simplest terms, like, or I'll ask the question in the simplest terms, like what's in it for you guys? Why do you guys put up with Tommy and all the people that he brings in? Like, what are you guys getting out of? Yeah, uh, that is a really good question. And um, just to kind of highlight our relationship that we've had with Tommy for a few years now, um, you know, for us it was really important to first build a relationship with a community influencer. Um, we, some of the first conversations Tommy and I had, I think I said more than once, I, I don't want to pay you to post. Um, that doesn't feel authentic to us, it doesn't feel authentic to our audience. and it, certainly wouldn't feel authentic to, um, to Tommy in that scenario either. And so I think <clears throat> in finding a community partner who is influential in the running community, who is engaged with an audience um, that's maybe different from a typical consumer that we see walking in our doors, 
Um, for us, it's an opportunity to highlight that relationship, that friendship, um, and be seen as partners in the community together. And, and it's a way for us to show up alongside what Tommy is doing in support of that and also build fans, not just for Tommy, but for Gazelle Sports as well, as a friend of Tommy, Tommy Runs. I think we initially um, started the conversation with like, hey, hey Tommy, you wanna be a friend of Gazelle Sports? Um, and I think that throughout this relationship and, and seeing the growth um, of influence that Tommy's had, we're really proud and really privileged to be a friend of Tommy Runs in that. Um, and so for us, it's, it's an authentication of who we are in the community, the products that we carry, the relationships that we build, and these moments that we can create, not just for our consumers, people who are buying on the spot, but even creating that experience and that moment for someone who maybe isn't going to leave with a pair of shoes, but they're gonna leave feeling really, really great about the event that they were part of and hopefully come back to us when they decide to make a purchase. Yeah, again, more of those positive times. Um, on that note though, do you find that these kinds of events do help drive sales? Absolutely. Um, you know, as Tommy mentioned, a few of these events, um, there's direct sales that happen that day, you have people who are excited about running, excited about an unveiling of a new product, or you know, want to try something that Tommy's been talking about or reviewing. Um, but we also have a lot of folks that will come in, give it a try, kind of step in the door a little timidly, build that confidence so that when they do come back, they're choosing to come back to Gazelle Sports again and again. And that's where we really see the biggest win is when we're able to create those friends and those fans that even if they don't make a purchase choice that day, they're choosing to purchase us from us um, from a long-term perspective, again, because we're just creating that sort of environment and community around it. Yeah, well, one thing that, I, that I'd like to say thank you for is you, you, you guys did a great job at, at um, providing a space for me to try to create an experience for people as opposed to having the pressure as an influencer or a person that's creating your store to feel like, oh, you, you guys need to buy some shoes or they're not gonna do this again, you know? Um, luckily that, that worked out well, but I didn't feel that pressure and I think that that's a, a great way to build an authentic relationship and then that relationship spills over into the people that are pulling up to your shop and they feel like, wow, this is an authentic place and I feel like it could be for me too. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that's also been super important for us as we build these events or these moments or these collaborations um, with you, Tommy, is around giving you this space to create the event or moment that you want to create that speaks to the audience that you are speaking to. And we can be that stage and we can be that place for you to host that. Um, but that just contributes to that additional authenticity where I, I don't feel like us coming together and me saying, okay, Tommy, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Um, go promote that on your platforms. That's It's not going to come off authentically. Um, and so I think just coming to these moments in this planning um, from a place of mutual support and respect and celebration of who Gazelle Sports is, who Tommy is, and what the greater audience is, um, I think has made it really successful. And Kara, so that anyone here can find their own Tommies where they live, how did you find Tommy? Well, I mean, first off, I'll jump on the flight <laughs> any day. <laughs> question um, you know for it I will say it's a willingness to say yes and it could be a passive yes for someone coming to you and saying hey I want to try this or someone told me to reach out to you 
Um, it could also be an active yes, where you say yes to a community, you say yes to an influencer, and you take the initiative to go out and connect with them. Um, I, I think I got an email from uh, an email address that I've never seen before, and someone said, hey, you should check out this all sports thing. They should sell your stuff with Chip Time Running. Um, and I think that was the first time that we met. Um, but again, it started from that kind of really authentic place of getting to know Tommy, what his goals were, getting Tommy getting to know Gazelle Sports, what we stood for from a values perspective, um, and continuing that conversation and relationship. And we got to a place where we could identify some shared goals that made sense for us to partner. Um, but the number one thing is it starts with a relationship. Um, it doesn't It doesn't necessarily, and I, I apologize if there are influencers out there in the audience that are like, oh, don't say that. Um, but from our perspective, it doesn't necessarily start with a, a pay-to-post cost sheet. It starts with a relationship and how can we celebrate each other's audience and each other's influence in a mutually beneficial way. All right, and Tommy, to, to wrap it up for today, um, it's not just a two-way relationship. In a lot of these examples that we talked about, there's also like a major brand involved too. How are you getting them involved? Are you talking with someone at like a corporate level, at the tech rep level? How are you bringing in the brand? Um, I think I've done like multiple different ways. I think um, um, I think I've done it a few different ways. Like, and, and I've met some tech reps to say, hey, you know, because you know, tech reps are always looking for ways to to reach the community and and do something a little different. So those are, that's a good place to start because it, they're the ones that really have that relationship with the, with the retailer. So it's like, um, hey, I'd love to do something, and if they've already seen that I've put together other events. Um, it's like it's kind of a, a no-brainer at that point. Like, let's move forward. Let's figure this out. Like, like let's what let's figure out what makes sense for not just me and the brand is what obviously, but what makes sense for Gazelle um, and how can we make this um, a thing that the community feels is like a real thing and not just a, a, a reason to sell a shoe. So it kind of just spreads through, kind of however, however it happens. Like I'm open to the goal is to bring more more um, creation and events, uh, brand events to Detroit, because Detroit isn't a community where um, branches put, we're not in New York and Chicago and LA, so it's like, we sometimes we, we just gotta create the thing, you know? And I, I do wanna provide a clarifying point on my previous comment as well, no, it doesn't start with a pay to post cost sheet, but that should absolutely be part of the conversation and part of what you are budgeting in seeking out these relationships, um, in seeking out utilizing, content creators um, in your communities that there is labor involved there and that absolutely should be part of your budget. Amen. All right, that's a great place to end it. Uh, Tommy and I and Kara will be, I don't know about Kara, but I can speak for Tommy and I will be around uh, somewhere. Uh, if you guys have any other questions or if you just want to grab a selfie, uh, I'm always available. Thank you so much.